Hey, this is a fake Gary Busey. You're listening to the Ponce Stevenson Show. PonceStevenson.com Episode 213 Sunday, February 17th, 2013 Welcome to the Ponce Stevenson Show. This is the Paunch Stevenson Show, paunchstevenson.com, episode 213. I am Rob, you are Greg. <laughs> and we're once again recording via Skype, like old style. Yeah. Classic style. Kicking it. This is a, a classic episode of the Paunch Stevenson Show. No celebrity interviews. I could feel it. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be like one of the classic episodes, you know. By the way, um, on our YouTube site, <laughs> the um, the responses over the years to that that custom fake fake customer service call to India that we did in like episode one. Yes, <laughs> I cu- I was looking at that the other day. Every few months, there are more and more people, I think mainly in India, who keep posting on there, like, cursing us off and saying, this is fake. Well, you know, there's, they're they're th- arguing amongst each other that it's fake. I know. A lot of people of feel the need. it's fake. A lot of, of people. It's not fake. <laughs> A lot of people. Feel the need to post on that. If you go to youtube.com slash paunchstevenson, the customer service, uh, the phone call, a lot of people feel the need to leave a comment on that video that it's fake. Yeah. But then a lot of people are are responding saying, no, this is real. (laughs) I know they're fighting with each other. (laughs) Then some people are saying, no, this isn't Indian, it's Filipino. Then, Then... Wait, that's the thing that didn't make any sense. I didn't re- read through all the comments. I was only looking at the recent ones. And they, so they were arguing about whether it was Filipino or not. And I'm like, <laughs> where, did, where did they get that from? I, call, there's a lot of Filipino call centers. I didn't, I didn't even realize that. <laughs> yeah. so I, mean, anyway. I mean, it's fake and it's from 2005. <laughs> and it's like 10 minutes long. And I know people and it, listen to this whole thing. I mean, any anybody who's not an idiot could tell that it was <laughs> the same voices doing all the the people. Hey, if they want to believe, then you know I'm gonna let them believe. You have to get more ram, sir. More ram, rams, ram. Oh, ram. He said more ram. Look at this. 80,000 views on this video. That's ridiculous. This 10-minute crazy customer, customer service call. Oh, and so, by the way, oh. so I'm looking through that, right? Yeah. And if you go all the way back, there's videos that you posted. Okay. Like, ages ago. Yeah. 
of you, like, playing with the cat or something. I don't know. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, I didn't even know you made this. Apparently, you made this this fake angry video game nerd ripoff <laughs> review of Pit it w- Fighter on, on Super Nintendo? On. It was a parody. I know. Not a ripoff, a parody. And there's people arguing on there. Yeah, so it was called the Angry Video Game Bear. <laughs> I'd never even saw this before. <laughs> five years ago. Because it's garbage. <laughs> oh, it is garbage. So I'm, I'm, I'm watching it, and I'm because first I was reading through the comments, and I'm like, man, why are these people so vile? <laughs> I mean, it can't be that bad. It's it's because they're like cursing you out because you ripped him off, and you're right. Like, of course he ripped him off, <laughs> idiots. I know. I know. I'm watching it, and. And then I was starting to agree with their assessment of the quality of it because it, it, it's it's putrid. <laughs> well, well, I know it's a stuffed animal. No, not that part. That part was fine. It was, it was just your your parody of it was terrible. <laughs> it was just really stupid. You know, it was like it was like, oh, I can't beat this guy up. What's wrong with this game? This game stinks. No, well, trust me, it does. I'm telling. I know you. it stinks. Anyway, the angry video Terrible. game bear. That, that I guess that never took off as a series. Obviously not. If I didn't even hear of it, <laughs> it took me five years to find it. <laughs> Your own video. Jeez. Right, well, anyway, youtube.com slash paunch Stevenson. Anyway. So wait, so hold on. This is episode 213. Yes. Obviously, uh, we're, 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 we're still going. Uh, yeah. We decided not to have episode 212 be the final episode. Well, has anybody heard it other than us? If they have, they didn't leave a comment. <laughs> we're still going, yet Spaceman David and Esteban have both died. Yeah, what happened? Where, where's Esteban? I don't know. What's no, he's he still a- around. I see him on Facebook. Um. All right, we have a couple more celebrity deaths. Uh, we have uh, three, in fact, three celebrity deaths. Number one, born February sixteenth, nineteen eighteen, died January thirtieth, twenty thirteen, ninety four years old. Wow. The final remaining. Andrews sister, Patty Andrews. Who who was that? The Andrews sisters. Who the hell are they? Come on, the Andrews. The Andrews how would I know the Andrews sisters? Come on. They were uh huge. (laughs) As huge as the angry video game bear, apparently? (laughs) Never heard of them? The Andrews sisters were an American singing group. Uh, during the swing and boogie woogie era. Oh, excuse me. They were three sisters: Laverne, Maxine. No, Laverne, Maxine, and Patty. Um, Laverne died in 1967. Maxine died in 1995, and now Patty died in 2013. Um, they had a very long career. They sold more than 75 million records. They had a 1941 hit, The Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. 
etc. You know, they were in Abbott and Costello movies, uh, etc. So anyway, the 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 final sister is dead. Mm. Um, next, born November twenty first, nineteen twenty, died January nineteenth, twenty thirteen. 92 years old, Hall of Fame baseball player Stan Musial. Yes. Stan the first. Stan the man! Stan the man, yes. He's my father! <laughs> no, I think technically Stan Lee was older than him. <laughs> I think he no, was. No, they're about the same age, but yeah. uh, he played 22 seasons for the St. Louis Cardinals and was the first player to ever have his number retired. By the Cardinals. I, I don't know. It doesn't specify. Not in baseball. doesn't specify. I don't know. Well, the Cardinals, not in baseball. All right, the first all right, first all right. baseball player to number retired was Lou Gehrig, the Iron Horse. No. The, the luckiest, luckiest man and a face of the iron. Face of the iron. Number three, born December 12th, 1924. Died February 1st, 2013. 88 years old. These are all three very old people. Yeah. 88 years old. Died of heart failure. Yeah. Mayor Ed Koch. Ah, yes. And uh, he, he had a brief stint on the people's court, I think, <laughs> as a judge. But Ed Koch, dead. Dead. Next. Uh, okay. Super Bowl. No. Anything? Cares. No. The lights went out. Nobody cared. <laughs> I do have to say that, um, out of all, you know, like every year people make this big deal about Super Bowl commercials. And I don't remember how many episodes, this was probably many episodes ago, but I said, yeah, maybe 20, 30 years ago, Super Bowl commercials were a really big deal, very exciting. Because companies came up with very novel ideas and, and, and they spent a lot of money. They had very big budget, very high production values on Super Bowl commercials decades ago. A couple decades yeah. ago. So it was something special. But I talked about a long time ago in, in an old episode that now with all like CGI and everything... Now it's like you know regular everyday commercials are at the level of Super Bowl commercials. So Super Bowl commercials are no longer something special anymore. They're just you know they just blend in with every other commercial we see every other day of the year. So I I don't get all the excitement because of that. But I have to say my two favorite commercials pretty much the two only good commercials were uh, Oreo cookies, which my whole life I've I've not really liked Oreo cookies. I was never an Oreo fan, but okay. Oreo Nabisco had a, a a commercial called Whisper Fight, and it takes place in a library, and they get into an argument over you know is is the the brown cookie part better or is the white cream part better, and everyone starts like it was like when we were in fifth grade. Everyone starts throwing books at each other. What? They're they're knocking over the cases of books like dominoes, like when we were in fifth ah. grade. And they're bashing apart this whole library the entire time, whispering, like whisper screaming at each other. Yeah. The, then, then the cops show up. They bash the car through the library wall. 
they get out of the car and they start whispering at everybody. You're under arrest. And it's, it's very funny. If you go on YouTube.com, do a search for Oreo Whisper Fight. It's very funny. And then the other commercial, which... Actually, this is not a Super Bowl commercial. This was a pre-Super Bowl commercial. But this was Volkswagen. And they... Um, this has been done a few times before, but Volkswagen took some popular memes on YouTube of like, you know, different like just popular videos on YouTube of people doing stupid things. And they got them to like, I guess, come and and um, and, and and all these people appeared in person together in this commercial. It's called again, if you go to YouTube and, and type in Volkswagen uh, sunny side game day teaser video. I thought that was I thought that was a, a silly, funny commercial. Okay, and that's all I have to say. Oh, and the, the other th- okay, so here's the that's all I have to say about the Super Bowl. But on that Oreo YouTube commercial video, um, there was a link, and and I, I clicked the link, and it said we're you know. Join us on Instagram, which I'm not on Instagram. It says join us on Instagram, and we. We'll recreate your photo using your favorite part of the Oreo cookie. The brown cookie part or the white cream part. So I'm like, what the heck is this? So I click the link and it takes me to an Instagram um, uh, uh, Instagram Oreo page. I'll, I'll send you the link here. Uh. <laughs> and it's like people sent them a picture of a chair, of a dog, of a face, <laughs> of a... And like, and, and Nabisco is recreating these things using the white cream of the cookie, like sculptures. Yeah. Or the brown, uh, you know, cookie crumb part. It's like kind of disturbing looking, some of these things. Very strange. Yeah. No, no question. Uh, so, so, so that's, so again, go to Google, type in Instagram, Oreo, whatever and and you'll show we'll we'll put the link on paunchstevenson.com episode 213 i so, got a feeling this uh this uh padlock made out of uh oreo is not uh not gonna work too well <laughs> nor no, this rocking chair you don't think jeff sitar can crack that oh he may have trouble with that one <laughs> he may have some trouble cracking that one but like look at this person's hand and yeah, it's like just look kind of gross to be honest. Who the hell wants to eat the Oreo without the uh, the cream in the middle, anyway? Look at the chandelier. That's pretty cool. And I thought, wait a minute, I thought Oreo cookies were black. Uh, no, a, a, well, a dark brown. Whatever. The duck is actually pretty impressive. Actually. Yeah, right, all right. All right, so next. Um, do you, do you remember the old um, uh, chain of uh, computer stores I think these were mostly in the in the East Coast. It was called Computer City. I do not. What? You don't remember Computer City? I remember CompUSA. Yeah. I remember Office Max, Office Depot, and Staples. Yeah. Well, all right. So Computer City was kind of the first. I don't know. At least the first chain that really came into the Northeast. Of like comp- electronics, like computer uh, retailers, that was like a chain, 
and they were the first one. I remember that they, it was probably around like 93, 94. I remember they started popping up. And it was such... they they op- I remember they opened one down... All the way down like in... I think Edison or something like that. Um, because uh, I remember I went with uh, our friend uh, Chris uh, and his parents... They, they they used to literally, like, every couple of weeks, they would drive all the way down the parkway, like, an hour and ten minutes to get to this computer city. Why? Because it was like, if you want a computer stuff, there was nowhere else to buy it, other than Radio Shack, which was all crud. <laughs> so, I don't know, we just, you know, we used to go there, and I used to look through the computer games, and... You know, buy really bad computer games with 8-bit sound and so forth and so on. But anyway, um, what I found weird was, you know, they, they, they quickly went out of business. They were one of these, those, uh, as CompUSA did, ironically, they were bought out by CompUSA and then went out of business. <laughs> and I think both, I don't know, I remember there was Circuit City also, and then they went out of business. Um, Recently, yeah. Or I, I should say, I was, more recently. Yeah, I was, I was few, yeah, yeah, a few years after. But um, the weird thing with Computer City was, it's apparently they had open stores. You know, I think they licensed them. You know, in Europe and in Denmark, they actually still exist, both as stores and as a website. Computer City. Yes, which is really weird with the same logo. Well, I think I, uh, I'm gonna have to. It, it's compu- it's computercity.dk. Ah, well, CompUSA is still a website. Because I, no, I think not anymore. Yeah, it is because some other company bought the name and then they, they... Tiger Direct bought them. T- yeah, yeah, and because Tiger Direct actually has some retail stores. And they oh, uh, they had yes, and and they they actually them they had CompUSA and somebody else they owned with another name, and I think recently they just converted them all over to Tiger Direct stores. Uh, yeah, you're right. When I go to CompUSA.com, yeah, it goes it, to Tiger Direct. It re- yeah, it redirects. So, so what was the, what did you say? Computer City DK DK. I wonder if I order something from there if I'll get it. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> How much would the shipping are, be? The prices are, are also in the Danish krone, so I don't... Yeah. I think it would be a lot of money. But anyway, so... Wait, I there's, that was... there's a, a, a $3,999 Packard Bell laptop. That's another name. Now, how what is that heck? name still going? <laughs> I don't know. I thought I thought Packard Bell was gone. Yeah. In the United States, at least. Wow. So Denmark is a bit of a um, time machine. But anyway, so Look I thought maybe... There, in, in the flash banner, it says, Surface or here? Yeah, well, I mean, it's not English. In other words, Surface is he- Microsoft Surface is yeah. now here. Anyway, so I thought like maybe Esteban would like that, you know, the old retail stores that still exist. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to bring up, uh, a little uh, vid- somewhat video game related, um, I didn't even know this existed. Did you know that there was an, a Japanese anime movie in like 1986 for the Super Mario Brothers? No. No? No. 
I now I know about it because I read about it on the digital press game forums. But until I saw that post recently, before that, I had no idea. Okay. Um, I, I didn't watch it. I, I haven't seen it either. Um, it, it actually exists. I, I've seen it on YouTube. Uh, what's unfortunate is there's actually somebody on YouTube because um, it never came out like outside of Japan. It was never put really in DVD, uh, DVD or anything. So, but somebody on YouTube took took like a VHS copy and and uploaded that, and the quality is really really good. Mm. But it's in Japanese. I think maybe there's oh, English so. subtitles, but um, the 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 video quality was, was actually really really good. Now there was a fan dub. Hmm. <laughs> and I think we've, we've talked about this before with the Transformers fan dub. Some of these are really good, and most of them are absolutely horrendous. And the one English fan dub, which, again, I can't understand this. You know, Nintendo, Mario, Mario, so popular. You would think that somewhere, somehow, somebody would have, you know, done, like, a professional-sounding fan dub with decent actors, and sound effects, but no, this one is is absolutely the one of the worst fan dubs I've ever heard of anything. <laughs> really? Oh my <laughs> god! It's it's a hey, Mario, it's a Wi-Fi, it's me Mario. How's it going? How's it going? That's awesome. Uh, it's it's terrible. I think you and I are gonna have to redo it. Oh gosh, we have to do our. Hey Luigi! Oh, what, how'd I go in the pipe? Mario! Oh, oh! No, um, so it's terrible, but um, it's called Super Mario Brothers Peach Jaime Kiyoshutsu Daisakusen. <laughs> you sound like Chris Farley in that SNL skit. <laughs> um. Yeah, um, it's, it translates to Super Mario Brothers, the great mission to rescue Princess Peach. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, so, uh, again, it was only in Japanese, and it's something that I would love to be able to, to see with some decent fan dubbing in English, but, uh, it's, uh, no, the one that the people did do is absolutely horrendous. Yeah. And for some reason, Nintendo, uh, I don't know why, they just, they don't want to have anything to do with this thing, so. Hmm. That's, a, it's an, that's an FYI for everyone. By the way, I, sorry, I have a fourth celebrity death. Uh, Died uh, February th- uh, 11th, 2013. 40 years old. Oh, I know what you're... Oh, this is not a celebrity. <laughs> Mark a Buffoon. Balalo. <laughs> whatever his name is from... From Storage Wars. <laughs> Which is a fake, like, storage hunting show. Yeah. Really fake. But, um, yeah, this guy is he famous. He killed himself. Yeah. Um, he had a bit of a drug problem. Um, oh, wow. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> this is a, we have very few contacts that are in our <laughs> Skype here. It's just a few people we've talked to. And as we're recording this, all of a sudden Mike Massey is online. Yes. Should we should we get him in on the conversation? No. 
How is how is that going to happen? Alright. Nah, leave him alone. So, um, yeah, so this guy was on an episode that kind of blew up in the video game collecting community who, <laughs> who are people who live, they literally live to make fun of people who don't know anything about video games. And this guy was on this show and shows up and wins a locker, of course, overpays, what they all do. Right. And he wins a locker, and this is why, this again, this thing is so fake. And in the locker is a, is a regular, run-of-the-mill, original Nintendo Entertainment System, you know, the toaster right. model with the lid that comes open and you push the game in and push it down, whatever. Yeah, uh, there's millions, uh, yeah. tens of millions oh, of these things. Oh, at least. So he finds one. It may have been in the box. I'm not even sure. And like a controller or something. And and I don't even think it had the AC adapter. So so he finds it and he starts going berserk. Yeah. Oh my god, man. This is NES. Oh, oh, one. Let me tell you. I saw this thing on eBay. It went for $14,000. And the other guy, this big fat doofus, is uh, is like... What are you talking about? It was fourteen thousand. Oh, come on! I could have had that locker. So they, yeah. they, they're they're going back and forth. He's like, I don't believe you. And so he, um, he brought him to this antique dealer. You know what is an antique dealer going to know about video games? But anyway, so they go into the antique dealer and they show him it, and he's like. He's like, uh, yeah, this is uh, original Nintendo, uh, model number NES-001. Um, the control he, deck. Yes. Yeah. And so he goes, so the guy's like, well, you you don't have the AC adapter. <laughs> or something like that. And so they plug it in. And I forget, like, he plugs in and he goes to turn it on and it doesn't go on or something. I forget. Yeah, it was probably the thing we had to blow in the cartridge. Um, so the guy's like, well, you know. This doesn't work. He's like, well, what's it worth? Uh, what's it worth? It must be worth 14000 I say. And the guy's... And the guy's like, well... He's like, no. Well, he's like, first of all, it doesn't work. So it's probably worth like 10 or $15. He's like, you know, even if it worked, I don't know, 40 bucks, Right. Tops. Yeah, he's like, Tops. what do you mean? What do you mean? 14000 He's like, he's like, like I, I don't know what you, what you saw on eBay, but that's, has nothing to do with it. I mean, this idiot had, I think he had literally, literally, legitimately saw an auction for probably like stadium events or the one of those Nintendo World Championship cartridges or something, right? And automatically assumed somehow that. Everything that a Nintendo control deck was worth fourteen thousand dollars. I mean, it, and so then the fat guy's laughing at him, and and then he kills himself. It says here on the bottom of the article in twenty eleven. What's his name? Mark Balelo. Am I saying? Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah, I think so. All right, Mark Balelo. In twenty eleven, Mark Balelo helped reunite Nicolas Cage. What? With a rare copy of a 1938 Superman comic book uh. that had been stolen from Cage's L.A. home. It had been missing for ten years, 
and was worth roughly one million dollars. Wow. Nicholas Cage somehow got, got probably involved. Stole it from him. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Uh anyway, yeah, so that killed himself. I have a, a huh? Yeah, no, go ahead. A Plunge Stevenson show update. I believe in episode two eleven. So if you go to PlungeStevenson.com, we have every episode we ever have done on PlungeStevenson.com for free. Episode 211, um, we, we talked about Celebrity Death's Conrad Bain. Yeah. And I think we were talking about, we were talking about different strokes and how um, Todd Bridges is the only one from the show still alive. Right. And then Frank Nora posted a comment. Yes. Letting us know that the maid. Yes. Mrs. Garrett, played by Charlotte Ray, is also still alive. Well, yeah, but she wasn't like. I don't know if she was a. Uh, like a core cast member. No, no, I, I, but I'm just saying. I'm just putting it out there. She is currently. She's 86 years old. She'll be 87 in April. Hmm. And. Well, that was a, was the Facts of Life was a spinoff of, with her, right? Yeah. From uh, Different Strokes. Yes. And on January 22nd, there was an article on uh, on Entertainment Tonight Online yeah. that says, uh, fa- Facts of Life and Different Strokes star Charlotte Ray is revealing that after 25 years of marriage to composer John Strauss... He confessed to her that he's gay. So? So, I'm just saying, she's in the news now. And then he died. He did? Yeah, in 2011, he died. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, it says it on the bottom of the article here. Um, Okay. (laughs) And in other old actor Uh. news... Uh, again, this was also from January 2013. The old actor Jim Neighbors, who is 80- Golly! Yes, <laughs> Gomer Pyle, who's, he's 82 years old now. Yes. Um, he finally married his male partner, Stan... Stan Lee! Had, <laughs> he married me, Stan the man! Now, he married his male partner, Stan Cadwallader, who is 64 years old, and, and uh, they got married in um, Hawaii. Seattle. Seattle? Yes. Washington State. It is legal in Washington State as of December 2012. But not Hawaii? Huh? But not Hawaii? Well, they live in Hawaii. I know. But I, I don't know. So, all right. Anyway. Yeah, anyway, so, anyway. So there. They, a, a, a Jim Neighbors update. Yes. Still alive. Yeah. Almost every year. Indianapolis 500. He's there singing back home in Indiana. Really? Yes. Huh. Home again in 
Video game related thing. Well, I, sorry, two other video game related things. Oh, One is very, fine. very quick. Better be. Uh, I also saw this on the digital press forums. Uh, it's just the Pawn Stars thing. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, and also Japanese animation related. Uh, okay. So we're, we are sticking to the topic here. Yes, come on. There's a Japanese animation, I guess, series called The Unlimited. Hayobu Kiyosuke. Never heard of it. I, I didn't either. But in episode five, someone oh. hosted that there's a... In the background of one of the scenes, the animators put in the... Oh, the I saw Nostalgia this, yeah. Critic and the Angry Video Game Nerd. Yes. Drawings of them. Yeah, f- f- for like a fraction of a second. That's still cool, though. I suppose. <laughs> so if you're listening, you go to YouTube.com, do a search for Nostalgia Critic and AVGN, show up in an anime. Ugh. And we'll put a link on PawnStevenson.com. Yeah, I wouldn't even bother. The other thing, video game, well, there's the um, the Pawn Stars thing, if you yeah, care. I'm not even but, talking about it. Uh, you, so you know how we always talk about, we always review video game documentaries. Yeah. We did the King of Kong. We did Chasing Ghosts. High score. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So I came across another one. Okay. And I watched all the parts of it. Why didn't you tell me? Because it's a surprise. Ah. So, so, uh, again, if you go to YouTube.com and you do a search for Once Upon Atari. I think I've seen this. And I believe there's four parts, and it's... It's, uh, I think it, it was done in 1999, I, I, if I remember correctly. And it's a bunch of the old programmers from Atari from back in the late 1970s and early 1980s. And they're just reminiscing about, uh, what the company was like, the, the, the corporate culture and how they were treated and how they came up with the games and just, just the atmosphere and and um, getting paid and and you know all these different bonus structures that Atari came up with and 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 the the um, corporatization of Atari how it went from yeah, being this yeah, yeah. this creative cool place to this place where like all these inexperienced marketers took over and they didn't know what they were doing so very very interesting it's it's about two hours long total. Once Upon Atari. Very interesting. 
Well, I'd love to comment on it and engage in a conversation, but since I haven't seen it... <laughs> Next time. Unbelievable. All right, uh, real quick. Apparently, Steve Jobs, before he died, was in, uh, in was um, obsessed with building and marketing and selling an Apple car. <laughs> really? Yes. All right. An Apple car. Now, that would have been interesting because then we could have finally, if he had just lived to make the Apple car and seen it fail. <laughs> then all of these, these, this, this, you know, the Steve Job um, worshippers would have then had to say, you know what? Maybe he isn't this great genius. <laughs> Let me tell you, if, if Apple had come out with a car, it would have cost two times the amount of a regular car <laughs> and had yeah. half as many features. Yeah, of course. And it would have only taken Apple gas. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the worst part. And, and, of course, the Apple gas would have been like $20 a gallon. Yes, yes. Uh, anyway. Um, oh, wow. all, right. all right, last thing I'm going to talk about, very important, is uh, Star Wars. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, we have an update. Yeah, so we, we had talked about how, as everybody probably knew... George Lucas sold Star Wars and well all of his properties to Disney. Nothing but Star Wars. Yeah. So apparently because it's Disney, uh, they wasted no time <laughs> <laughs> in rolling out the the announcements or rumors yep. for all of the Star Wars stuff they're gonna be shoving down the uh, the, the people's throats. They are firing up the conveyor Ooh. belt. Oh, it is coming. <laughs> let me tell you. The Star Wars factory is being completed as we speak. You are not going to be able to take a dump without it landing on something Star Wars. Star Wars toilet paper. There you go. They announced it. The, <laughs> the Star Wars bumper dumper. Oh, man. May the flush be with you. There you go. So, um, yeah, so, uh, firstly, the big news was that even though he denied that he had any interest in doing it, that he was committed to directing Star Trek movies, or at least, you know, in the doing the Star Trek movies, um... J.J. Abrams was announced as the director of this Star Wars 7. Episode 7. How do you feel about that? Well... Good, bad, happy, sad. Yeah, you know, I, I don't... Here's the thing. Neutral. I don't have the, um, the attachment to Star Wars that I have to Star Trek. Yeah. I mean, I love both, but... George Lucas soiled Star Wars so badly for me that I just don't I I don't have that kind of you know you know like heartfelt defense of it anymore. No, no, I don't. Yeah. So I, I I mean I'm excited because number one he's a big Star Wars fan. J.J. Abrams he he just he didn't he wasn't a Star Trek fan at all. The what? No, he, he he'd never seen. He said he. I think all he had seen was some of the next generation. So why did he direct? The, because the, the, the movie that made the, no sense. Because his production company 
which was very hot after doing the Mission Impossible and Lost and all that, they were signed by Paramount, because they had deals with Paramount, to do Star Trek. Um, he, he actually was not intending on directing the first that Star Trek movie in 2009. He didn't want to direct it. He just wanted to, you know, be the production company. All right. But they couldn't find another director, and so they kind of twisted his arm and twisted his arm like, you know, hey, your production company is doing this. We're paying you a lot of money to do this. Uh, you better make sure it's right. <laughs> so he directed it. Now, he didn't want to direct oh, wait, wait, the wait. second one. You said they couldn't find someone. They, they could have found us. Yeah, but I wouldn't have done the movie that those the guys had written. I would have fired them. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have... I mean, I would have had, like, a new cat. I, I, I wouldn't have done it the way that they did it. But anyway. All right. So... We're going to have to do our own. No. Kickstarter. <laughs> so, um... Launch Stevenson show Star Trek movie. So, J.J. So Abrams, he didn't want to do it. And he didn't want to direct the second one. And, in fact, they delayed... The, they delayed this second movie for a while. He, you know, he had to do Super 8, and he had to do this movie and that movie. Cloverfield? No, that was before... So, so they kept delaying it. And again, he didn't want to direct it, but they, they really couldn't find another director or something. I don't know. So he's doing it again. Um, I can't see. My thing is, I don't, it just doesn't seem right for one guy to be directing both <laughs> franchises. It just doesn't seem right. Now there's going to have to be a crossover. I mean, that's like, right? that's like Miyamoto all of a sudden is designing Mario and Sonic games. <laughs> you know, know or i know yeah you know, it, it just it just doesn't seem right it's like paul mccartney writing rolling stones songs right yeah i mean you know the it's uh, never the two shall mix it's just <laughs> I, don't, I mean he's not writing any of this movie but he's directing it i don't it just seems anyway so my feeling on it is you know, are you excited? Well, I hope he doesn't do the lens flare garbage and that, and the shaky cam. But um, shaky cam's over. We already talked about this. The fat know, is over. The three D. Yeah, it doesn't work well with the three D. So my thing on it is, it's not so much what he does. That really doesn't matter. Really, what I'm going to judge it on is the casting, and that's going to tell yeah, a lot right. of the story. For me, if this movie is going to continue. After the end of the original trilogy, I don't see how they continue it on without having some kind of uh, some kind of role for Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford and Billy D. Williams, <laughs> Cope Forty Five. That's right. Um, you know, I I don't know. I just I know some people are like, oh, they're too old and blah, blah. so well. Here's the thing, though. Yeah, you're right. They are old now, but that is a good thing because these movies take place after those movies. Yeah. So, well, I, so it makes sense that they would be older. I don't know. We'll see. I, I just right. Yes, it makes the, sense the, that the, they would the be the old. Rule. Yeah, the rule of thumb really is, at least in Star Wars, is that without you know Darth Vader and that that whole kind of original trilogy. It just nothing really has appealed to the masses. You know, Star Wars is a very, very simplistic story. Um, you know, it's not very complicated. It's, it, it's very simplistic. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, Lucas basically ripped the story off of every, you know, kind of serial adventure that had been that had come before. <laughs> Heck, Flash oh, Gordon. And, and religion. Right. So, you know, it's very simplistic in that sense. I, I don't know. We'll see. I, I just... I, I think whatever it is, I'm sure it'll be a disappointment to, to some people. But Will I mean, it can't, be... Huh? It can't be as bad as the episode two and three. I mean, that was <laughs> atrocious. But what about as bad as will, will the it Ewok be better? Adventure. Oh God! Well, what, yeah, it's going to be better than that. But will it be better than Michael Bay's Transformers movies? Of course. Uh, I mean that that goes obviously, without saying. Yeah, obviously. So the other news was that apparently. Um, I'm sure Disney will be doing all kinds of animated stuff. Out of the way, Hot Rod! Not with him. Um, But... It's uh, to you I pass the Matrix. So apparently they're also talking about films, other films. Now, I don't know if these are all going to be CGI or what the deal is. Spinoffs. But spinoff movies... (laughs) Like, at first the rumor was it was going to be a a younger Yoda. Yeah. Right. I'm like, are you kidding me? Nobody's gonna want to see this. Yoda Adventures. Come on. Um Interesting this movie is. Yes. Not. So um <laughs> Um and but that was kind of debunked, and now it seems like the more stable rumor is that there would be uh a movie about starring a young Han Solo and also yeah, one and somehow involving Boba Fett. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And I'm I, telling you they they cr- they're cranking up the factory. Oh, I know. Look, Disney, you pay what do they pay 4 billion? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, they're going to get their money's worth. Billions. Billions. <laughs> but you know, the thing with Boba Fett is, here's the thing. Boba Fett appeared briefly in Empire Strikes Back. Very briefly, also in Return of the Jedi. Hardly said anything. And was killed off. Yeah, Spoiler. but also Attack of the Clones, right? Yeah, but he was a kid. Oh, yeah, that's right. The other guy was his father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Uh, and in all of the backstory, the expanded universe stories, was that Boba Fett, basically this guy is a heinous scumbag. <laughs> so I'm like, how are they going to make a like film George where Lucas. he's... Well, no. But how am I going to they make a film where he's the protagonist? It doesn't make any sense. He, he, uh... I he think... He sees the light. I think they should cast um, Jason Statham as Boba Fett. <laughs> And make it a chase movie. Because uh, he's a bounty hunter, right? <laughs> Sylvester Stallone will be... Uh, <laughs> no, he's not going to be in it. Darth Vader. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm hey, looking yo, for Han hey. Solo. I'm, 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 I'm looking for Han Solo, okay? <laughs> By the way, you know the movie Snatch? Yeah. With It was uh, directed by Guy Ritchie and... Yeah. You know, Jason Statham was a star in it and kind of boosted his career. And that was kind of the the prototypical chase movie. Brad Pitt. Yes, Brad yeah. Pitt was in it. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Actually, Guy Ritchie did, I'm getting a little off subject, but Guy Ritchie did another movie before that, I think in like 98, um, which was basically the same exact, you know, almost movie as Snatch, but it was kind of low, low barrel, uh, low bucket, uh, why do I keep saying, low budget. Are you having a stroke? No. So, because I'm, I'm looking at the title and getting confused. It was called Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, and it starred uh, Jason Statham, but also uh, Vinnie Jones and um, some other guys I've never even heard of. Sting was in it briefly. <laughs> what? Yes. So, um, but in that movie, the English, the, you know, the, 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 the regional English accents are so bad, I, you, you need subtitles on it. Hello, governor. No, it's not like that. Um, this... so anyway, yeah. So Star Wars, uh, you know, they're going to be cranking up the machine. It's it's going to be in full force. But here's the thing. Even though you know, yeah, young Han Solo, young whatever Boba Fett, blah blah blah. My feeling is, I'm actually I'm like I'm not going to look forward to the sense that oh yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. I'm chomping at the bit. No. But I, I, I am interested to see what they what they do with this. What about a young R two D two? Please, yeah, that, that was in the prequels. <laughs> no, but I mean a whole movie. No, like young Yoda, young Boa, young R two. Yeah, remember there was droids. Remember Star Wars droids, the cartoon. Oh yeah, and the serial. Yeah, <laughs> serial was terrible. Star Wars serial. That's the other thing. This damn George. Now that Disney has all the rights, no, they they don't have to release Star Wars Christmas Special. That was a putrid horror show. But what? Release the full, all the episodes of the Star Wars Droid series and the Ewoks cartoon. Mm. I want to see them. If Disney released the and, Christmas Special on DVD and or uh, Blu-ray, would you garbage. buy it? Really? No, I've I've seen it. It's it's terrible. I know, but it's to, B. Arthur and R. Carney. I know, but to have a a very clean uh, restored nah, version nah, 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 of it. Nah, nah. No, nah. I don't even have the prequels. Oh, not really? Why would I have them? I hate them. I know, but I thought you were a completist like that. No, 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 no. Not with no. Star Wars. No, no, I have the original series. On the DVD that had the that laser disc and you know that version that's unaltered. Yeah, I have those, and I have like a bonus disc, and and that's it. But um, what I was going to say was um, not about the Christmas special, but here's something interesting. I didn't even realize this. Disney, you know, they've never released on DVD the Gummy Bears. <laughs> Real? I don't know why. Maybe it's a licensing thing. What? They own a license. To Gummy Bears? It's Disney. I don't you don't know. remember? It was Disney's Gummy Bears. No, I know, but maybe... Um, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, man. Gummy Bears. Yeah. Do you remember the Paw Paw Bears? No. What they were they? Huh? I remember the Shirt Tails gang. I hated it. Why did you hate that? It just made no sense. 
<laughs> the animals can speak. Why did they have to type things on their shirts? Oh, well, it made no sense. Anyway, all right. So for next, you sent me a, we- a, a, a a link to a website. Yeah. <laughs> when did, when was this? It is BuseyZone.com. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, BuseyZone.com. What is this? This is Gary Busey's website. What? It is? Yes, it's, this is his site. Oh, my God. It's called Wisdomatic Journeys with Gary Busey. <laughs> and there's a section where you can ask Gary. Yeah. Oh, boy. I, I didn't realize this was his... his um... Yes, yeah, this, this is him. This, uh, yeah, that it was him. That's crazy. The BuseyZone.com. Yeah. I got he has swag. I gotta buy some of this stuff. Uh and 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 on a related note. So what does he say in this? I don't know, it's just all it's like video clips. I know, just him just spewing nonsense. It says coming soon from the Busey Zone. Swag newsletter original music. Oh boy. <laughs> Gary Busey's original music. Hobbits live in a place called Hobbit Land. And what I didn't discuss with you is their houses. Hobbits' houses, half of the house is under the ground. And half of it's up because they're coming from the malaria. Not the disease malaria, but molaria. M-O-L-E. You know the mole, the underground mole? Moles are their ancestors. And hobbits are used to the mud, used to sitting in it. The only place they take a bath is in a river waterfall or pond lake or the ocean that would be the Atlantic Ocean and that's a burp a hobbit gives and I took me a while to get that up but that is a hobbit burp when you hear that really pay attention because they're close to you and they can come upon you without you seeing them you hear that burp you hear he you'll hear that noise where they're saying yes You can ask a hobbit any question in the world, and the answer is going to be you. It's going to be yes. In terms of the thinking ability, who knows? I don't know. Everyone cares, especially the hobbit. But the hobbits have a special mind transformation and transportation of thoughts. They can talk to each other without speaking. It's called flipping the bone. That's what it's called. And it's not what you think it is, a hand gesture from America that means stupid. Flipping the bone. And that's how they create communication with each other without speaking or writing. Because they, they don't have books. They don't have paper and pencil. Oh, they do. They do write and draw. They do write and draw. They draw houses to be constructed. They draw trees. They, they, they draw the mythological animals and creatures that lived in the forest in Middle Earth. That's something to see those guys. See, Earth is a forever evolving, moving planet from one plateau, one degree, one angle to another. Isn't it great living here? Ah, got you thinking. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, on a related note, yeah. Um, starting March 3rd, 2013, ah, yeah. Celebrity Apprentice 
You're fired! Season six of The Celebrity Apprentice, a.k.a. Celebrity Apprentice All-Stars. Yeah. Which I already said, Penn Jillette told me. Right. So March 3rd, it starts, 2013, and it will feature Trace Atkins... These are the people competing. These are the that is the one guy I don't want to win. I just can't stand that nah. guy. Trace Atkins, Stephen Baldwin is back. Oh God, what an idiot! Gary Busey, That's right. who is by the way the oldest, the oldest competitor. He's sixty-eight years old. Yeah. Uh, Mary Lou Henner, yeah, from Taxi, yeah. Latoya Jackson. <laughs> Pendulette. Whoa! Lil John. Oh, that's stupid rapper. Claudia Jordan, who is a 39-year-old, uh, one of the women who holds the suitcases on Deal or No Deal. Well, held. So held, yeah. Canceled. Amorosa. Yeah. Who is nasty. She's not even. Wait a minute. She's not even a celebrity. She was from the original non-celebrity Apprentice. I know. I know. Keep going. Anyway, Brett Michaels, Ugh. Lisa Rinna, Brandy Roderick, yeah, Dennis Rodman, <laughs> and D. Snyder. Oh boy. No Speaking... Tom Green. No, no, no. Speaking of Dennis. Rodman. Did you watch that video I sent you of Dennis Haskins? <laughs> no, I didn't watch it yet. So they were on, it was on the Today Show, and Tiffany Amber Thiessen was on it. And I guess she's in a show now. I, I, I don't even know which one it is she was promoting. And um, she was on there, and so they were doing, like, Al Roker and her and somebody else, they were doing some kind of, like, fake, like some goofy trivia show contest. Oh, yeah. And so they were going you know, to be asked questions. And so all of a sudden, in, in comes Dennis Haskins, ah. bursts in and says, he's going to ask the question. He must weigh 350 pounds. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. He is, I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but I know. That's he why keeps... I was going to show you the video. I mean, he looks terrible. I know. I met him in person, remember? That was, that was several years ago. He must be double the size. <laughs> oh, man. Not good. Dennis Rodman is originally from New Jersey. whoop de doo Is uh, that it? Huh? Is that it? One more quick thing. Mm. I'll send you a link real quick. You know how nowadays there's 50 billion different varieties of the board game Monopoly? Yeah, yeah. There's a Nintendo Monopoly, a Sopranos yeah, Monopoly... Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hello Kitty Monopoly. Yeah. Look at this one. No, look at this. It's a fake Transformers Monopoly. No, it's real. It's not real. It's re I'm telling you, this is a real Monopoly. Hasbro. No. Yes. I, I don't agree with you. Hasbro licenses every single product they make to a... Because Hasbro makes Monopoly... They license uh, all of their own stuff to all these Monopoly boards. It's a trans, a Generation One Transformers Monopoly. Really? That came out in two thousand seven. I've never even seen this. Me neither. Are you going to buy it? 
No. <laughs> Autobots transform and roll okay, out. What, what is it? Hold on. What does it come with? Oh, it's little. Oh, this is stupid. It's little like um, silver painted figurines. Yeah. Of like a Megatron, Starscream, Optimus Prime. And, oh, and so, like, rather than, like, um, you know, and then there, the, the areas are, like, uh, you know, you, uh, Cybertron, and, and, you know, instead of pass and go, you refresh your Energon, and... <laughs> we need more Energon, Starscream! Uh, let's see the game pieces. Uh, Soundwave. Actually, it's Shockwave. Yes, it is me, Shockwave! Yeah. Uh, uh, Optimus Prime, I see a Megatron, Grimlock. I'm uh, one of the characters, Mighty Megatron! No, not in this one. Uh, Ravage, yeah. Ironhide. No, I'm just looking at one here, and it, it's not... I know, well, there's a 2007 version and a 2009 yeah. version. Ah. Uh, I'm also seeing pictures with painted... Monopoly token, so maybe somebody painted it themselves. Maybe. Good God. Um, no, that's interesting. I don't. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't want it. Um, it was something I was just gonna say. Oh, you remember? Speaking of Transformers, when we, we interviewed um, Bud Buddyansky, Bob Buddyansky. Yeah. Doing that. Um. Uh, you know who was the editor for many years of the Transformers Marvel comics. And the inventor, yes, of the names, yes. Well, in in combination with Jim Shooter and the other guy, right. Um, so remember, he kept talking about how Jim Shooter had come up with with so much of the Transformers concepts, and you know he reaped all the praise on him because he was the main you know editor or whatever at, at Marvel. Yeah, didn't he come up with the Cybertron backstory? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Believe it or not, I think that you and I met. Jim Shooter. What? Yes. <laughs> when? Like 20 years ago. What? Where was I? You remember? Uh, you know, my father had the, the sports card store, baseball card store that he owned. And yeah. so he had a distributor. And they would come by, this woman would come by and with the baseball cards, the, you know, the pack, the boxes. The she would work for somebody, and it was bought up by what was called Heroes World at the time, which was a comic book distributor. And then eventually, that was actually bought out by, I think Marvel or Fleer. You know, one of them bought each other. I forget. But anyway, back in around like ninety three, ninety four, they used to have the convention for dealers, not the general public. It was only for for their dealers of their comic books and baseball cards and whatever. And it was in like Parsippany. And so, you know, the part of the problem was my father had an invite, but he used to work a regular job and could never go. Yeah. So, except for like one night. So, I, you remember we went, me and you? Yeah, yeah. This was, um, no, th this was 92. No, it wasn't that long. It had to no, have no, been. no, 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 no. No. It was like 93 or 94. All right, yeah, all right, 93. It was 93. And we went and we met Todd McFarlane. I remember that. The I creator of him. Spawn. Yeah, I talked to him and I got his autograph, which I threw in the garbage. <laughs> I got his autograph on a Spawn poster and gave it to our friend Chris, 
and God knows where that went. <laughs> Garbage. But I, yeah. But anyway, he was there uh, promoting Spawn and some stupid toys. And I remember him trying to, like, talk to us. And he was just really smug and arrogant. Didn't like him. (laughs) Todd McFarlane. But the big thing of there was we used to go around. And we I I don't know if I – I don't think I went with you both times. But uh, I used to – we used to go on the last day on purpose – so and we would go like late, you know, towards the end because we would go. So and we would ask them, you know, when the dealers were done with the convention, we would ask them if they we could have like all the promo cards and stuff, right? You know, the promo comics because we're like, well, what are you going to do with them, right? And sometimes we would just take them. <laughs> well, I remember that the night that you and I went, we were in high school. Your yeah, dad yeah. drove us there. Yeah. And, you know, you and I are walking around, he's walking around, and we talked to Todd McFarlane and got his autograph and everything. And um, we're going to these different booths and these different tables that have different products on display. Yeah. And and we're walking around with your dad. It's like, I had never been to anything like this before. So we're walking around with your dad, and 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 I asked him, like, are we allowed to take this stuff, or is it just for <laughs> display? Or, and he didn't care. He's like, I don't know. Yeah. He doesn't care. So we, you and I, just started taking everything. Well, we got the idea. This other guy who my father was friends with, who by the way was a lawyer, <laughs> right? I know. This this other nitwit, not a good knew. one, but no. So um, he was he was probably like. I don't know, seven, eight, nine years older than us. Yeah. So he was like in his mid twenties. Yeah. And he was into the collect, you know, he collected baseball cards, and he lived in the town, and so my father knew him for years. And he was a real conniver, a gambling so, addict. No, not him. Uh, oh. No, not him. Oh, okay. Now, he wasn't a lawyer. <laughs> so that 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 hillbilly. Yeah. Um. No. So. So, um, yeah, so we, and we were there the one night with him. It was me, you, that guy, and my father. Mm-hmm. And so we're, as we we're walking around, he's, he's going to us. He's like, why don't you guys have anything? I'm like, what are, you, what are you talking about? He's like, just go up there and take it. <laughs> I'm like, well, wait, it's not ours. They're, I mean, he's like, yeah, just take it. Know, Trust it's, me. It's like all this stuff behind tables. No, it wasn't behind the table. He may have been taking that stuff. It was on the tables. Well, you know, it was still. like, it was, it was all like like one two packages of like non sport promo. That's all I wanted was like the non sport promos and that kind of stuff. Some like little figurines. Uh, I took other stuff. I don't know. Whatever. For some so, reason, there was uh, there was like no one around. Do you remember the eight bit like you know back in the old eight bit and sixteen bit video game era? Yeah. The video game cartridges, like like a Super Nintendo or a or a Nintendo. Oh, the protective cases. Yes. Yeah, like the like if I go to the store and I bought a Super Nintendo game, it comes yeah. in a little cardboard box. Right. And most people just throw the cardboard box yeah. away. Well, but then companies started making these clear, hard yeah. plastic yes clamshell yes. cases. So yes. for some reason, I just started like taking all. <laughs> I remember that. You took now those even I didn't want to take. Why? Because I figured they were probably worth something. And they were probably going to resell them or something. <laughs> oh well. 
And you took, like, stacks of them. Oh, well. Like, what are you going to do with these? I remember you taking stuff, <laughs> both of us taking stuff, because some of the people would give you, like, a tote bag. Yeah. And we were just pa- throwing stuff in the tote bag and leaving. And we were going around, we were trying to do it real stealthily, right? Right. And this this other idiot, Al, he's running all over the place, taking stuff like the Toys R Us toy run. <laughs> he's shoving the stuff, well, like supermarket sweeps. He's shoving the stuff in bags, running out to the car, coming back. <laughs> I know. Like, what are you going to do with all this crap? I don't know. Anyway, so on the Jim Jim Shooter. Yeah. Do you remember Defiant Comics? It sounds familiar. So they were a... After he left Marvel, he formed with some other guys Defiant Comics. They were headquarters in New York. Defiant Comics lasted for about a year and folded. Yeah. And then he went, and I think he was part of the team that formed Valiant Comics. He was involved with Dark Horse Comics. I thought. Yeah, that was probably later on. Oh, okay. After the other ones failed. No. So anyway, the reason I say that is I was going through this case of old three and a quarter, three and a half inch floppy disks that I had in the basement, throwing them out. So I came across one that said Defiant Comics Screensaver. No. So I'm like, I remember this. What the heck is this? So I then went on E because I couldn't find anything. I on remember Google. that. So I went on eBay, and there's there's actually a listings on eBay, a couple of somebody selling them, and it was that it was like an it was in an envelope, and yeah. in the envelope there was like some paraphernalia in there, and, and and this disc, and on the disc there were you know like screensaver. It must have been like scans of yeah, some it, of their artwork. Yeah, but it was I think it was like VGA quality. Yeah, it was terrible. But well, no, it wasn't point, terrible, but it was. I know, but my point being that it had something to do with Jim Shooter. Yeah. Be, because when I looked it up, when I looked up the uh, the listing on eBay and, and found it, uh, whoever it was put something in there about Jim Shooter. Because, you know, so he was a big part it of it. it. So uh, my guess is he was probably there. You know, because, the, I mean, this was, again, this was a dealer convention, but... Like I said, Todd McFarlane was there. Yeah. For all I know, Stan Lee may have been there. It's me. And we didn't know who the hell he was at the time. I'm Dealer Man. I deal the evildoers. The the death card. Anyway, I'm going to send you the link real quick. Where the hell did the window go? So then I am going to say that we met Jim Shooter. (laughs) Maybe. I'm going to count it as a definitely. All right, let me yeah, click anyway. on this link here. Yeah, so this guy has sold them for I remember $20. Th- I remember this. Yes. I remember this. You know what's funny is something like this. Yeah. I had completely forgotten about it. No memory of it whatsoever. I would have gone the rest of my life. Yes. Never, ever, ever, ever remembering that we went to that, that convention and stole everything. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I remembered that. Oh. I, but this this defiant screensaver. Yeah. I would have had no... My whole... The, the next 60 years. Yeah. And then now that you just told me about it, I remember it so vividly. Not only that... How when does I that found, happen? It's amazing. When I found the disc, 
I I had no idea where I had it got it from. I knew I got it from somewhere, but I didn't know where. And it was just by when I put it in and when I was searching, and I put Defiant in there or whatever. I didn't even know it was comics. Yeah. All the this says Defiant screensaver, so I put Defiant screensaver. And when it came up with this eBay listing and it said Jim Shooter, yeah, I was like, oh right, I got it from that convention. But this 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 uh little like th- this paper envelope that the yes. floppy disk was in, yes, with the Defiant logo yes. and, and this blue re- text. Yes. Now that I'm looking at this, I remember I it so vividly. Yes. I remember I would take the floppy disk out, put it in the old Tandy computer, look at it, put it back in the envelope, uh, take it out every once in a while. Like, I mean, I must have just thrown it in the garbage after no. a while. But I probably had other stuff in the envelope and then eventually threw it out. Wow. But it's interesting when you talk, when you just said about those clear protective cases for the video games. Yeah. I still have an NES one and a Super Nintendo one and a Genesis one. <laughs> That's where I got it from. Uh, <laughs> like for years now, I've been looking at these things. I'm like, where did I get these from? Again, I don't remember getting these. It was from our pilfering and it pillaging. Was from that. Now, I only took one of each, whereas you had taken like 15. Yeah, I took a lot. I filled up the tote bag. And, and then some. Magazines, cases, cards, packs, everything. <laughs> yeah, I probably Pens. still have... Yeah, yeah, I still have some of the non-sports stuff. I just, you know, never got rid of it. But yeah, that was that was really cool. And because I and then I remember like the next year, you know, I think I went back and I probably asked you and you couldn't go or something. But I wanted to keep going. But I I, I don't know if they they probably stopped having them. They probably just started doing like Comic Con or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But that's like. Wow, I wonder if there's anything on Google at all. Let's see. The, the Heroes World Convention. By the way, while you do that, this is also video game related, but I have another Paunch Stevenson show update. Uh, In episode 209, yeah. we did our Wreck-It Ralph review, movie review. Okay. And then we got into some other stuff. We talked about um, uh, Chasing Ghosts, the documentary, High Score documentary. And when we were tra- talking about Chasing Ghosts, we were talking about one of the, the old video game players in the movie, Todd Rogers. Yeah. And how he lives, uh, you know, just, <laughs> just very badly. Dirtbag. So then I came across this thing from like it's from around that around that time. This was uh December twenty twelve, episode two oh nine. Yeah. Um I, I came across some information about how the the high scores that Todd Rogers submitted mm. for three Atari twenty six hundred games. Barnstorming, Sky Jinx, and Donkey Kong. Yeah. He, he submitted to the Twin Galaxies website, this this vid, classic video game high score site. He submitted these high scores for these three Atari twenty six hundred games because he's supposed yeah. to, you know, I'm one of the best video game players of all time. I have all these records, blah blah blah. So these people started like the the the, the scores that he was submitting seemed a little fishy. 
<laughs> way, way higher than anyone than any other score that was ever submitted. So like, wait a minute. So these these like nerds or whatever, these hackers, um, through an Atari twenty six hundred emulator, I guess they they were able to go through the actual programming code of those three 2600 games and figure out if you play the game at the absolute fastest speed and, yeah. and you do everything perfectly. Yeah. yeah. Not even as perfect as a human could do it, as perfect as a computer could do it. Yeah. Even if you do everything perfectly at top speed, you are not getting these, these scores. Yeah. Yeah, ba- basically what he... He lied! Yeah, in in, in Chasing Ghosts, um, he, while he's in his, you know, disgusting, in, you know, in insect-infested apartment in Florida, on that old TV, he puts a couple of pieces of scotch tape. Right. And he shows his technique. Which is good. Can, yeah. So, what they said was, they had changed the code of barnstorming on the TAR 2600, to remove all obstacles. So all you have to do <laughs> right. is fly the plane at full speed to the right. In a straight line. You don't even have to touch the joystick. Yes. And what they found was that it was, wasn't was as fast as his time. Right. He was claiming he could beat yeah. the level in a faster time with the obstacles yeah. than if they so, just redo the game code yeah. and so to play a they, perfect game. Yeah. And there was a few other games that they had called him out on. And the problem was the Twin Galaxies website, which has changed ownerships and, and it's now being rebuilt by a New Jersey guy, in fact, uh, Richie Knuckles, what he calls himself. <laughs> Mr. He, actually, he has a he has a pretty good arcade down in Flemington, New Jersey. Oh, um, we have to go. That's, well, it's a bit of a hike, but... Wait, where is that? Flemington? Yeah. Yeah, it's about an hour and 40 minutes. Oh, all right, so we'll go someday. Anyway, so... I know, he's, he's trying to reestablish... Yeah, he's trying to rebuild it. Yeah. So, the problem was, and what this guy had had said... He's trying to legitimize Twin not, not Richie Knuckles, but this other guy that posted on Nintendo Age had said... Yeah. Um, that the problem is this old guard at Twin Galaxies, and this is, you know, this is not Walter Day, or that other crackpot in, in Brooklyn, you know, with the nude art. What is it, like Rob... Oh, he retired something. many years ago from them. What, what was his name? Mar- Maruchik? Marusik or something? Yeah. But anyway, um, okay. basically they said, you know, the, there's this old guard who are so immaturely loyal to these ancient, you know, hucksters from 30 years ago, these record breakers. Well, like Billy that, Mitchell, Todd Rogers. Yeah. What's well, the other the guy thing, named it, David Gold? Ben Gold. Ben Gold. No, but, yeah, but a lot of those guys who you're talking about, they set records, like Ben Gold, for example, they set records in one champ tournaments in 1982, 1983. Right. And then stopped. <laughs> right. Like in the high score that in that documentary that... The guy out in California, San Francisco area, who set the missile command record, he did it in he did it thirty years ago, right? And, and they interviewed him during that, and he was like, "He's like, I got to be honest, you know, I, I can't believe the record is still stood, right? You know, this guy clearly does not play video games anymore, and, at least, yeah." And those <laughs> he are moved the, but, on. but those are the guys who, in my opinion, are believable, right? Now these other guys like Todd Rogers 
who supposedly set all these records. The problem is when they set all these records 30 years ago and whatever, Twin Galaxies didn't require them to videotape anything even. It was just like, that was like the whole, the whole argument with the King of Kong stuff. Yeah. Was that Steve Wiebe would set a record, and they would criticize him. Not Walter Day, but these Twin Galaxies people would criticize Steve Wiebe to no end. Because they said, well, I, you know, he's using a fake board, and he did this and that. Well, he's videotaping it. Billy Mitchell never videotaped anything. And then he was allowed to resubmit a, a, a you know a, a score with almost no verification. Now look, I'm not doubting Billy Mitchell. I think he really can get those scores. He's probably one of the only people from that era who can still get the who actually literally could could do the things that he did. I guess. Well, I, I think. But the these all these other guys, all these other Twin Galaxy records from ages ago. They didn't require like that this nut to, in in Brooklyn who would watch videotapes all day and long all, all day and night to get the scores. They well, didn't do that. Well, like I know, and and like we mentioned in episode two hundred nine, the guy from the early nineteen eighties, Steve Sanders. It turned out, yeah, well, he was a total liar. Yeah, he had admitted he made up his score for Donkey yeah. Kong the arcade game. Yeah, after all his book deals and everything, he finally came clean. Yeah. And then now, all these years but, later, yeah, you know, thirty years oh, he's later, still involved, but huh? Loser, he's still involved. Yeah, but yeah, but and so then now, thirty years later, we find out Todd Rogers is making up high scores. The it's thing like, is, what is wrong with these people? Why do you have to losers. make up high scores? Who cares? The, well, that's the that's the whole thing. Who cares about it's if like you have the high example. score on Atari twenty six hundred barnstorming? Like the guy uh, Joel West who was in Chasing Ghosts, and he was the Berserk player with the old no. pedophile guy. Yeah. Joel West played Berserk. He played it back then, 30 years ago, and then stopped. He didn't play video games anymore. And and recently, in the last three or four years, he's actually been like doing competitions and stuff like that. But again, he's a guy who just walked away from it. These guys who didn't walk away are insane. And the only reason Steve <laughs> Sanders... They are, the, for real. The only reason... They're losers. The only reason Steve Sanders was found out was because he was found out 30 years ago when people cared about the scores. Right. And found him out. After 1984, no one cared anymore. Even Billy Mitchell wasn't playing for high scores anymore. It wasn't. Like, years later, he did. I know. So, that's the whole thing. Now, anyway, so what they said was these Twin Galaxies people... Then just basically like all they did was they, they literally said that on the barnstorming record that that the submission form from 30 years ago by Todd Rogers had a coffee stain on it. Uh, oh, yeah. And so yeah, that's yeah. why. So they, they added like 30 seconds. It was nonsensical. Yeah, they said, oh, oh um, when we typed in the record yeah. all those years ago, we must have. Uh, Please. The- the yeah. the the score was illegible, so yeah. we, we just guessed. Because, you know, it was illegible because of this coffee right. stain. Come on, so the, stop again, protecting these losers. So I don't Todd, get it. Todd Rogers was probably fairly decent, probably better than most people, right? At the time, Steve Sanders was not very good at all at video games. No, that's why he was found out. He was terrible. But, so, again, the problem was, you know, other than Todd, I'm sure there was other people who, 
you know, this this Mr. Awesome idiot who shows up <laughs> in all these documentaries. Yeah, this this moron. I'm sure he makes half of this stuff up, you know? It's I know. That's, I just that's I don't get it. I understand that, but um just be a normal person. Come no, on. They can't. They can't. <laughs> they can't. They just can't. And Tom Hardy, he shows up at all these 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 conventions. He showed up at the Class and Gaming Expo in Las Vegas. He shows up at in Florida conventions all the time where he lives. He's always there. What what does he call himself? Does he call himself like the king of video games oh, or something? No, <laughs> no. Mister Activision. No, no, he he called something else. Oh, he does. He literally, I think, calls himself like the king of video the games. The Gorf superstar. I don't. I don't know. I, I no, mean, he, he probably call, does. Oh he yeah, yes, yes, yes. He does call himself the king of video. The games. king of video. The king of video games. The liar of video games. There you go. in the arcades in 1990 by Atari. It was pretty revolutionary at the time and was the first fighting game to feature digitized actors. I remember the arcade game being pretty good, but the home versions are a different story. Here you can see the title screen for the Super Nintendo version. As you can see, it was released in 1991 by Toy Headquarters, now known as THQ. Could they have possibly put any less effort into the title screen? You know you're in for a treat when the title screen is just text. Okay, so here you have the character select screen. There's Buzz the ex-pro wrestler, Ty the kickboxing champion, and Kato the third degree black belt. That's it. Three characters. I don't know, I guess I'll choose Ty. Get it? His name's Ty because he's Ty. <laughs> Alright, match one. So I'm the guy in the blue pants. You can already see this is a complete mess. I mean, I, I can't get up. This is ridiculous. Ah. Oh, wait, I just body slammed him. And I got pile drive. That's it? Alright, round two. But, 
Wait a minute, no round two? Game over? What the heck kind of piece of garbage game doesn't have a round two? Alright, let's try this again. Hold on, hold on. Let's... Let's see, I'll try Buzz this time. Alright, here we go. I'm not even touching this guy. Come on, I have to be able to beat the first guy. This is ridiculous. Come on, I'm trying to kick him. Come on! Ugh. Alright, one more time, one more time. Come on! I didn't even get a chance to move and he already beat me! It's so cheap! How is anyone supposed to play this thing? Get up! Idiot! Ah! This game is worse than a tub of sin. So as you can see, the graphics in this game are absolutely hard. The animation barely exists. The people in the background look like weak old puke on top of month old dung. I just can't believe that people got paid to make this. My butt can program something better than this. I just what the what the what the Listen to the sound effects. Now! Now! I'm gonna kill you, you spray-haired idiot! Whoever made this game should be drawn and quartered. If turds could take dumps, this would be the result. Forget the electric chair, people on death row should be sentenced to play pit biter for the rest of their lives. I don't understand it! Ah!